Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Xbox World podcast for Friday, the 22nd of October. It's almost Christmas. Well, sort of. It feels cold enough to be Christmas. Well, all of a sudden this week it's got really cold. It's just me and Matt today. Uh, no Tim. He's, um, he died tragically. Tim's uh, off to a meeting today. Yeah. That two hours ago he turned around and told me. Wouldn't it be awful if between now and Friday he did die tragically, <laughs> though? And I said that. I, I almost feel as if I were to blame. You would be to blame, Mike, and the police would know where to look. First of all, when uh, exactly when the, when the fingerprints of the dagger don't come out right, like Mr. Um, Gaffer, how did you know that Mr. Weaver would be dead by the Friday? I was just, it was just, it was me as an inappropriate joke, and so then be handcuffs suspicious. on, and I'd be, I'd be Bubba's girlfriend. So, uh, so yeah, he told me, oh, I've got a meeting today, Matt, so I can't come. Although, like seventy percent of my meetings, it will be cancelled. So, oh, cheers, Tim. Nice, yeah. nice that you're coming along for a fictitious meeting. Yeah. So that's why he's not here. Yeah. Well, so sorry, sorry, Tim's not on his behalf. Apologies for him not being here. Uh, you have to make do of us today, uh, which means things going to get nerdy around here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's kick things off though with this this week's revelation. It's uh, it's all happened this week. Mr. Loggerman has been identified. Well, sort of. Hey, don't give me that sort of nonsense. It's we've got I, a pretty like we, we got a likely culprit. Yeah, I don't know how much we can say though. Since yeah, we're not told this in confidence. Yeah, we're not dropping anyone in it, but because it's uh, it's someone close to home, but not so close to home that it's anyone on the mag. He does not work on the mag. No. but he's on our floor. He's in our part of the office. C- certainly, someone left the cubicle and did some damage in there yeah. and wasn't too concerned about flushing. No. While uh, while one of our team members was yeah. witness to the act. Tim came in and he, he, he knelt down and he was whispering in my mic. I mean, we do that in the office. We, we often go up to each other, kneel down and whisper in you know, sweet nothings. Let, let, let me just stop a second. He doesn't, he doesn't mean in the bar. He wasn't in the toilet kneeling down whispering to anyone. <laughs> oh, no. no. I was at my desk. Yeah. And Tim came back from the... T- no, we don't go in. No. Right? Knock on the cubicle. No, he, he, go he, in. He, he, went to the, he went to take care of some business of his own. Tim came and comes back and he, well, yeah, and he's, he's got like a little... He's sort of furtive, you know. He's got, he says, like, you know, I think I've discovered yeah. something. And uh, he, he was telling me that he's seen, he, he's not sure if it's the logger man, well, but that's certainly the a logger There might, man. in fact, be, like, a legion of logger men, like the Justice <laughs> League of logger men. You know, what would you call? <laughs> There's no justice What, what would that. you call, like, a, a collective, what would be a collective noun for logger men? A defecation of logger men. <laughs> I think that's what it would be. Yeah. A splash of logger men. Yeah, and a splashback of logger men. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. flashback. Um, so he's like, I think I, I know one of the logger men, and it's and it's this person who I can't say no. because he's good friends with someone who don't you say do that, know. Stop, 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 because already it's, uh, it's, it's getting too close to, to the bone. But um, it's, it's nobody we would ever have mentioned on the podcast. So it's no. not like Matt Castle or anything like that. No. You don't know who it is, readers so yeah. and listeners. So yeah, it's not someone you'd be familiar with, but... Um, Damage, damage was done is, is the thing, and, and, that's, and that's all we'll say. But, um, I mean, I don't really know what we'll do with this information is the thing. It's like just like knowing, they say knowing is half the battle. I don't know what the other half is. I don't know. How about next time we see this person go off to the toilets, we get everyone on the floor to then go and stand outside the toilets, and we can have an intervention. So then when he walks out, we say, like, listen, we think you've got a problem. We need to talk. Yeah, we think you've got we think you have a problem. Yeah, I think I think we might need to do that. Yeah. That kind of attitude to taking a poo is inappropriate, isn't it's, it? It's wrong. I mean and I know we talk about poo a lot, read the listeners. I'm really sorry. 
Like I genuinely am sorry because sometimes I, I've said I've said it before and I'll say it again. This isn't a podcast. Sometimes we we just we just we just, just we're sitting here and we're talking about people doing poos. Yeah, that that. And, what, and what we watched out. on TV last night and. And I, and I wonder, I wonder why you, you, you people listen to this. And I'm well, sure we give, thanks for listening. But should we give him reason why? to? Should we move on to games? Yes, yeah, do I it. I want to talk about games specifically. I want to talk about games with poo in them oh. to keep it topical. Uh, what's on, what's on our bag this month? What's, so yeah, so we've, we've got, got new issues on Tuesday. New issues in on Tuesday, and we're gonna have to. Well, I mean, Matt was on about lying to you, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not so just some devious. We actually haven't got the new issues in the office yet. Matt was like, just pretend you got it. And I was like, no, no, Matt, don't lie to our readers. You're such a, you stop it. And so what we got here is actually a printout. Of the content. Yeah, page. a black and white printout of the contents page. <laughs> so I'm going to present to you as if it were our real yeah. issue. So I'm just going to open the bag on the, uh, on can, the can you do a more professional job of this, though, than when Tim does it? Because what happens when we get the new issue and Tim reads it? He opens the bag. He's like, oh, yeah, that was a good feature. Oh yeah, it turns page. Oh there we did. Um, oh there's there's some on Star Wars. Um, and ha ha ha, that's a good strap. Uh, uh, oh there's and then there's he goes and looks on. at his puns and yeah, yeah. And, there's, and that's the issue. And without saying anything, so what have we got in this issue, Mike? Yeah, so coming up on Tuesday, which is like not very long away at all. And you know, yep. by the time we get to this, subscribers will probably already have a copy. Yeah, and like you should subscribe seriously. Like, and this is like oh yeah, you know, sales pitch and everything, blah blah blah. But you know what? It's like a we're 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 doing we're doing okay. We we get paid. We don't get we don't get a kickback for so for getting people no. to subscribe. In fact, if, if I were a reader of the mag, I would subscribe. So here's it's the thing: the funny thing about subscriptions, you pay a hell of a lot less than you would do from buying it in the shops. Yeah, you get it early, it's, straight it's to like your door. But like we're not we're not getting more commission no. for asking you to subscribe. We're doing it like if you think about it, we get less money. Because <laughs> you don't pay five pound for it, you pay like well, three Mr. Mr. Future gets less money. We get the same no matter what. Yeah, we get the same. We, they, which they, is we, nothing. They give us like some crisps and some pop, and we are like, thank you, Mister. Thanks, Mister Future. Well, thank you for the pop, sir. Can I have some more? Smash! Yeah, like, smack it, across it, the back they, of the face. They hit you with the yeah. So um, we don't get a kickback from this. So I'm just saying, if I were reading the magazine, if I were buying seven issues a year, I would think I would do the maths and I would say, well, I can get thirteen issues a year for the price of seven. You know, that's that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, man. that's not official maths, by the way. We don't know what the deals no, are. No, actually, what is it? It's close to it's I, close I, to those. Yeah, numbers, I don't know it? what the exact deals are. Yeah. Give it a look, you know, and guess what? It's a great Christmas present. Well, um, the issue is got Duke Newcomb on the cover. The Duke is back. Duke Newcomb on the cover. Can you believe that? <laughs> I mean, well, to be honest, I could have believed that for any time within the last 13 years. It's finally happening, though. And um, when uh, we heard Duke was being released, we straight away got 2K on the phone. Yep. Got Randy Pitchford on the phone specifically. And second, when, when can we come and see Duke? And they were like, tricky, tricky to see Duke. Oh, and we might uh, arrange a little rendezvous in Amsterdam because yeah. um, Randy's on tour at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so promoting uh, the game. So we were able to get a little European vacation on the go. So there have been a few people who have played it already. Um, you might have seen a couple of reports. I'm not sure what's, what's up already. Uh, and got a little interview with. With old Mr. Pitchford. Say little, it's stupidly huge, right? Well, oh no, I'm just oh, there. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Um, us, however, we uh, yeah, we went over to to an event in Amsterdam. We sat down in a room to ourselves with the game, had as much time as we wanted. So we played that demo through again and again and again. Yeah. Um, and then we sat down with Randy uh, a few streets away from the red light district. 
you know, which given, is pretty much given, unavoidable in Amsterdam. You're always yeah. a few like streets. No, but given like the subject matter of Duke, I thought it was quite fitting actually. Yeah, um, and and yet we just talked and talked and talked. Well, apparently, like, well after after you guys had had this meeting in Amsterdam, there was a, a London event which mm-hmm. Randy wasn't present at. I don't think. Or no, he was present. He might there, have been, but only. for very brief interview slots. And it was at a London strip club, uh, but they didn't have any strippers there because it was the middle of the day. And they they did arrive. have strippers in Amsterdam, but my flight was ca- my flight was delayed, so I didn't see them. Not that I wanted to. No, I'm married. Yeah, no. But you can look, can you? You can look. No, I'm not as long as you to don't look. touch. I'm not, not allowed to look. to look or touch. What about a little lick? I can't lick. No, no. I have to. I have can, to... You, can you watch them and touch yourself? <laughs> no. Uh. God, no, it's rubbish, being, rubbish being married. But we went and we played it and we played it a lot and we played it to the point where we found stuff that nobody else had found. Oh, like slinging um, poo around. Like, yeah, I think one other person's got that now, although yeah. everyone who's found it had to be told by the developers, but us. So to give you a little taster of what you can expect from the feature, uh, we played the game again and again and again. And early on, there's a, there's a part where you can go into the toilets and you can pick up a little uh, Mr. Logerman deposit, shall we say. And what is it do you, you can have a bit of fun. around? He says a lot of things, which I can't really repeat on There's here. tons of dialogue in this yeah, game, right? Yeah, so every time you pick up the poo, he says something different. Uh, and we print some of it in, in the mag, but it's a bit rude, actually. We got away with a little bit of naughty language in the future that I can't say on the podcast, funny Because it has to go on a BBFC-rated DVD. Yeah, so... It's um, mad, isn't it? It's crazy. The, the things we have to deal with. But, you know, tell people what uh, Randy Pitchford's like. Because, I mean, I've interviewed Randy before. You've interviewed I've, I've Randy. interviewed him about four or five times now. Um, he's great. He's, yeah. he's one of the biggest talkers he's in the He's the untranscribable man. <laughs> yeah, he, he talks a lot. But it's great. Um, to be honest, he said so much that we couldn't get it all into this one issue. No. So we're going to have to hold stuff over for a future feature. But basically, he gave us the full story of Duke Nukem Forever. And that's a story 13 years in the making. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, if you, when you read it, it's just a most ridiculous, ridiculous story. And everyone sort of thinks they know the story. They but don't know. This is, I mean, yeah. I, I was sitting there, I was cringing half the point, uh, at one point. I was like, can he really be telling me? Like, is he allowed to say this? Yeah. About, like the legalities of it all and the falling out between 3D realms and 2K because there were some huge fallings out. Yeah. And well, there was a point g- where it looked like the guys in charge of Duke were prepared to kill the game just to spite yeah. 2K. And he was talking about that and I was just like mouth hanging open at that point. Um, so yeah, we've got some interesting things in the coming months about that very story. So get very excited. Yeah, it's a, it's an epic cover story. I mean, I'm, I'm particularly excited about it just because it's Duke on the cover, man. I mean, I never expected to see that. Not in my lifetime. And we're such a Duke mag. I mean, come on, Xbox World 360. Yeah. We're a mag of people who love 18, yeah, 80s action, action movies. Films. Big guns, loads of violence, loads of blood. Maybe not playing with poo, but you know. No. Um, I mean, I guess it's like uh, nobody's going to sit here and tell you that next year Duke Nukem is going to be the best game of the year, but it's going to be a blast. Yeah. It's going to be a total it's blast. It's going to be a riot. You played it. You have fun with yeah. it. I mean, it's just most stupid over the top mad action game oh, it's, it's, it's like it's like going back to doom days you know people people were wondering like is duke still relevant today absolutely without a doubt yeah he is there ain't, there ain't nothing else like no. duke on the shelves that's for sure and um that's just a tiny piece of that's our just newish. A tiny piece. so i'll go i'll rush through the other stuff a little bit quicker because uh hey why not uh we got call of duty black ops obviously that's leading up our preview section and uh, a couple of little posters. 
little posters for your Have wall. Have we? Yeah, little posters for your wall. Two massive posters. So they're not little at all, Mike. No, not little. It's a uh, decorated dungeon with images of Cold War military machismo. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Decorate your dungeon, Mike. Was that written just for you? have a dungeon we also have um well dead space multiplayer create the uh little big of, planet yeah little big planet thing being made in guildford right now there's a thing that actually came out today when when a developer from guildford said you know guildford with the, the fall of real-time worlds guildford is like the home of of games development in the uk now mm, and I it, it kind of is it, lionhead yeah. you've got ea's uh Absolutely. bright light studio you've got criterion right there in lionhead, yeah in guildford, there. right there's a lot going on in guildford it's good stuff it's Pain in the ass to get to. <laughs> it is. I had to go there the other day to um, pick up our Need for Speed uh, review code, which I'm reviewing right now, and there's only so much I can say about it. So, sorry to disappoint. We will be talking about that on a future podcast. But need, the new Need for Speed is, I think, probably what you expect it to be, which is it's, it's more burnout than Need for Speed, mm. and it's really very good. We'll get to that pretty soon. We've got um, we're opening up the mag actually with a, a look at Japanese games on coming to the 360 yeah, something you did wasn't it Mike? That yeah feature. something we mentioned last uh last podcast as well is uh japan's gone kind of gone connect mental they're the only ones doing really sort of gamers games for connect and we are at this point god friday we're two weeks from connect's launch three weeks from three weeks from connect's launch so next uh next podcast we'll try and do something connect related we're going to be uh having a big day out with connect next week uh, playing everything, and then we should be getting our own Connect in the office within a couple of days of that, which means we're going to be reviewing the hell out of as much stuff as possible. It's all hands on deck, basically. Yeah. I mean, make no mistake, Microsoft are treating this as if it's a console launch. It's not like... A, and all the secrecy that comes with it, sadly. And all the secrecy, yeah. It's not like a, a peripheral launch. I mean, we've seen peripherals launch before. I mean, Move was in uh, in Juno's hands about six weeks before yeah. the thing if was not, on shelves. So what we've got going on with Connect, a situation where it's out in three weeks from when we're recording this, and we don't have a Connect yet, and neither does anybody else. No. Uh, even from, official. <laughs> even official. We have a journal from Game Informer actually uh, recently tweeted about it, and it made made headlines in a few places, saying, you know, that Microsoft trying to hide this from us. I think that's possible. I think mm. they could be. But they could also be suffering the problem we think they're going to be suffering big time. It's a complicated device, and making enough of these things is, is a mm. real pain in the ass. Uh it's a logistical nightmare. I mean, it's basically a global console launch they're doing this thing. They're spending yeah. $500 million on it's, the market. It's all right, though, Mike. I mean, we don't have any, but Oprah's... Uh, yeah, uh, so she, yeah, Oprah Winfrey gave away like a hundred yeah. of them to her audience. Yeah, her audience have them, so uh, enjoy it. You stupid... <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like I say, I wonder if they actually got them there and then, if they're going to get them delivered nah, in a couple of weeks. Because bear in mind, the, um, the, the, hard, the software update, which would actually make the thing work, isn't even live yet. So if, mm. even if they did get their connects at home, they wouldn't be able to use them. eBay. Oh, yeah. Straight, yeah, you know what? If that's the thing, if they had got them, yeah. make no mistake, if they really had got they'd them that day, so they'd already money. be on eBay yeah. right now. So Oprah jipped those people. Well, she's still giving them free connects. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, that yeah. much for jip. All right, so... It's one I'd sign up for. Yeah, you know what? It's not a bad deal. Sit through an hour of Oprah and get yourself a connect and an Xbox to play on. I mean, oh, that's, even yeah, that's, that's a lot of money's worth of stuff, you know. Come on, though. Why are those women that excited? Because every single game on Connect is a, a fitness game or a oh, mini maybe. game collection or some other nonsense. You yeah. know, I was looking at the games lineup, the game that was coming out on day one, and I can honestly say it's the worst. If this was a console launch, it's, it's the, the worst, worst console, console launch, launch of all time. 
I think that's fair. Yeah. And like there was some shack console, like GameCube console launch. Oh, GameCube Awful. was weak. Oh, Rogue Squadron and Rogue Luigi's Squadron, Mansion and Super the, Monkey Ball. Yeah. No, I forgot Super Monkey Ball, actually. I remember getting Rogue Squadron and Luigi's Mansion. The PS2 Mansion, had a worse console launch than the GameCube. SSX and Time Splitters made it all right. Made it all right. How about, how about was it Fantavision? Fantavision, the yeah, the firework so. game. Uh, then you had, I mean, the SNES had Super Mario World Day 1. I mean, you can't fault no, that. That's, and obviously N64, N64 had, Mario yeah, I mean, to be honest, though, N64 had a really duff launch as well. Day 1 was like Shadows of the Empire, Mario 64, mm. and some other tripe. It wasn't until like a week, uh, three weeks later, Wave Race came out. We didn't have a lot, but it did have sports, and it had Twilight Princess. And those, that yeah, Twilight Princess is a, is a killer game for a launch. And, I mean, the 360 had a bit of a duff launch too. Yeah. Oh, Perfect Dark and Perfect Far Dark Cry Zero, and... yeah. But it did have COD too, you know? True. King Kong as well. Oh, really. God, yeah. King. I remember when everybody was mad for King Kong? Actually, 360 had Condemned, which is That's really true. good. Yeah, yeah. In fact, Condemned came out a week before the 360. I had my copy before my 360. Yeah, that was a quite a smooth move by them because everybody was like 360 mental and they were like, oh, I want any... People just wanted a piece of the 360. Yeah. So people who were getting one bought their console early and then read, promptly read, reading it. Read, reading I can't help but think we've strayed off topic already. Now nah, we can keep going with this. This is good. People <laughs> love this shit. So we got um, PlayStation launch. I can't honestly remember. Was Ballerina Toshinden the launch game? Oh, God, this is... Uh, what are you talking about? 96-ish? 97? 94, 95 for PlayStation. 95, maybe? Yeah. It wasn't 94, it wasn't that. In Japan early. it was. Um, uh, I don't know. That was just about the time I was going into secondary school. That was just about the time you were being I born. Did, I didn't have... Um, I got my PlayStation 3 the year that Tomb Raider 3 came out. Oh, so shut I didn't up. get mine at launch. Disgusting. What? What's disgusting about that? So we got... PSP had a good launch. Ridge Racer on day one. Wipeout. Yeah. Luminez. Tennis game, whatever that was. Yeah. Was Virtua Tennis. But I mean, yeah. Luminez, Wipeout, and uh, together, that's that's a strong combination. That's, that's a really good combination. DS, we had this discussion the other day. Again. only had Super Mario 64 for the next year. I remember I, was, I spent a year waiting for a game to yeah. I got WarioWare. You mean you didn't get Project Rob? Oh, Feel well, the magic. Yeah, feel the magic. Feel the, feel the tragic. No, I didn't. But that was brilliant. I remember... Because I got my uh, DS from uh, NGC, actually, for a competition. And I got it from the US with the six launch games. And just playing a game where there was a candle on screen. You blew, blew it out. out. You actually blow into the mic. That was brilliant. Man, that really was. We were frigging sad back then, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, like we that, were. If you're getting hot for that, you know you've got problems. And like, and I'm sure I did as well. I remember playing like um, the uh, touchscreen games on Super Mario 64. And I was like, this is hot. Do you remember hours on Picto great. Chat? This is the best thing ever. No, because I had no one to play it with. And neither did I. I was just drawing. <laughs> just drawing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. and uh, Oh, it's always... A, that's the thing. You give a, a grown man a pencil and a piece of paper or a touchscreen, what's the, uh, the first thing he draws? <laughs> it's a penis with little varying degrees of, like, fidelity. Is it going to... Oh, this one's got some hair. This one's... We'll stop this, this now. Okay. No more. No more. I was hoping you'd jump in then. Because that made it funnier. So what else have we got in the mag then, Mike? We've got a uh, little bit on uh, New Devil May Cry. A little bit on Devil May Cry, the, the, the Devil the May Twilight Cry game one. no one asked for and nobody wants. Yeah, we got like a lot of the um, sort of internet's feedback on that. In fact, it's kind of last month, the more I looked at it, the more it became clear it was the month when the internet went mental. Okay. Everything which was announced or was uh, you know was touted as being you know the next big thing was shouted down. Last month was the month the worm really turned for Connect, and those mm-hmm. people started really coming and speaking out against that. 
Then there was DMC, um, yeah. the new Devil May Cry game by Ninja Theory, which uh, everyone hates. I mean, everyone who's a fan of of, uh, of D- DMC doesn't yeah. want it. I, th- I think it looks like it will be a good game, but it's not a game for DMC fans. It's a completely different game. Yeah. Like, DMC fans, you've got Bayonetta. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, Devil May Cry him. 5 yeah. right there. That's your Devil May Cry. So we've also got a Q&A with Nathan Camarillo from, uh, Cry- from Crytek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I spoke to him two. over in Germany. Yeah, he's a he's a nice fella, and uh, I know some other stuff. This is, this, is, this, is, this is why Tim Peters out. I can see why he doesn't know because yeah. as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh man, if I keep reading this massive list, people are going to get bored. They're going to tune out. We, we've got a good selection of reviews. We've got a yeah, stupidly so we, high score. We won't say what it is. We're kicking off with Medal of Honor, which let's be honest, we're not impressed by. No, no, not in the least. Have you seen the advert for Medal of Honor? Though? I haven't, but I hear it's the bomb. The advert makes it look like the game I've been waiting my entire life for. <laughs> like the game of my dreams. And then you play it and you're like, oh God. It's in the Very game of my dreams. This is like the worst this is like the worst wake up I've ever had. We've got EA Sports MMA, which is uh alright. Yeah, bit of fisty cusp. Yeah, you can read all about that. And the game you cuffs. really gotta read about though is Fallout New Vegas. Now, we reviewed this game. Uh spent twenty hours with it, you know, finished the game. It's a big old game. You know, you could spend a hundred hours with this game and not see it all. But Reviews, reviews being reviews. I think uh, our reviewer put in like thirty hours on this yeah. this thing, and loved it. Absolutely loved it, and it, it mostly worked. And then uh, on Tuesday, well, it did work. like he came back, he said yeah. that it was fine. Yeah. It, it was the uh, the Tangerine Rob Taylor. Mm. You may know him. You probably yeah. do. Still blagging every review that everybody else wants to do. Still hanging around the business like a bad smell. Yeah, that's Rob. Like the sort of tangerine-y smell but he, it's out um, now yeah it's out and that's the thing it hit uh, store shelves on Tuesday in America and hits shelves in the UK today, today. that's uh, that's pretty exciting right I mean everyone's totally. going to rush out and buy it except you shouldn't you see we're going to say right now we're actually going to take our recommendation off of this game temporarily mm-hmm. because it's a great game and a great world and Obsidian have done a really nice job with the storytelling but what they've also done is the usual Obsidian job with the technology and it's the what the game they shipped is, it's buggy. <laughs> I mean, like I've never seen yeah. a retail game be buggy. Uh, the very first we've got we posted a video on our Twitter recently, and many of you will have seen it. It's like, you know the very first thing that happens in the game for some people is glitching up. Mm-hmm. The very first scene in the game, there are people. I've seen screenshots of a dog who's got hollow, empty eyes, and his eyeballs are floating three feet to his left. Uh, so in some cases, like the. These are just funny, like they almost add to your experience. Yeah, you know but what? I like a good glitch. Yeah, but That's there fun. are other points where it just flat out breaks your game. Well, we can say about it, there's a guy who writes for sci fi, Tom Chick, he's an American journal, and he keeps a diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever a big game's released, he'll play a game all every day for a week and he'll keep a little diary of what it's about and tell you some interesting stories. And he's a, yeah, he's a good writer, he's a really thoroughly entertaining guy. And, uh, He's uh, he did it, he did that diary for two days with Fallout New Vegas. I said, you know what, I'm I'm done with this diary now because I can't play any further. Because every time I go to the Vegas Strip, the game crashes, and I've That's tried crazy. reloading a dozen different saves and nothing works. The game for him is completely broken. For other people, it's not completely this broken, but it's just glitching up. Because obviously, Rob did it for us, and he did it start to finish, and he didn't have any of these problems. And obviously, right. you can't write about something unless. You experience about these issues unless you experience them. Like I wonder you, you what can't... happened between that code and this code that, that but it went so wrong. Now I come to think of it, I think Sean on GM did have some issues with an NPC character. I don't know what it was, but I, I recall him telling me that there was a problem that he had. 
But yeah, Rob put over 30 hours into yeah. it and no problems whatsoever. Yeah. It's funny. It's, uh, well, I'm, gonna, I'm really looking forward to playing it. I'm, I can't at the moment because I'm moving house. As soon as we get settled in our new place, I'm going to be breaking that game out. It's the first game I'm breaking out. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to playing it in this unpatched state. Yes. There's a patch coming. This is what we should say. There's a patch coming. And th- when that match comes, presumably it all these problems, yep. then our recommendation absolutely stands. All the way back. All yeah. the way. And the score you're going to see for the first time in that issue absolutely stands. But I'm actually going to kind of enjoy playing it in this glitched up state. I mean, not so much the game-breaking crash-to-desktop nightmares. I'm talking about the dog with the floating eyes floating three feet to his left. The There's a guy, the, the man with the, ro- yeah, the rotating head. You know, you see the end of that video. I did not. He stays in a sitting position and begins floating around the room. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how does this? Get, how did this get through? I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's like maybe a playtester, like a hundred playtesters, sat and played it for a hundred hours, yeah. had no problems. But you no, get you turn a million people, you turn a hundred playtesters into yeah. a million playtesters, and man, you get some fun stuff happen. Uh, I mean, Fallout Three was buggy, Oblivion oh, was buggy. I mean, it was glitchy and so on. But I was, I was. You there know, were some good glitches. In I've Oblivion been watching someone well. play Fallout New Vegas, and there wasn't five minutes of gameplay when I didn't see something going wrong. Some people are getting disastro games from this, and other people are just getting on just fine. I can't wait. I hope I actually, I actually hope I get the disastro game. Same. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that's it. Gonna be a, that's going to be one weird world. So we've got a few more things this issue. We've got Vanquish. Yeah, uh, we've, we've got, got Vanquish, of course. Rock Band 3, which I did. So Rock Band 3 is like the surprise. It's the, it's the old surprise is bombshell it, game. Is it a surprise, though? I, I would argue we were expecting it all the way. Well, if maybe if you're like a music games enthusiast, you sort of mm. knew what was coming. But when people see the the crazy numbers Matt's dropped on this game and the glowing, and I mean glowing, radioactive review that he's given this game, gone a bit fallout on it. The bombs have been dropped. It's uh, well, it's, it's amazing, astonishing. Right? I mean, the the package that they've put together for Rock Band Three is, I mean, it's just genre redefining. Like anything that comes out post Rock Band 3 and doesn't do what it does just immediately gets chucked into the bin and we're not going to be reviewing these games from now on right? I can't, I can't see any reason why we should there's no need we like, don't review the DDR games because I, 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 I one don't is the same, think, much the same as the other but this, this ends it this ends the argument I think um, I think Activision are going to back away from Guitar Hero now I really do I mean well, the latest Guitar, Guitar Hero has done bombed. Chateau sales yeah, absolutely bombed yeah. and um like the year before they were doing bad but this is even worse and if you think the year before they had like five games out in one calendar <coughs> it's interesting year. how this all of Activision's experiments over the last couple of years have been total failures and yet most of EA's have been successful yeah and EA have really just focused on quality whereas Activision focused on gimmicks it's yeah. interesting because EA Activision sort of took the approach EA were taking a few years ago and have failed with it mm-hmm. and EA are taking the approach Activision were doing a few years ago yep. and have absolutely succeeded. succeeded yeah it's um no, it's odd. I mean, obviously they got DJ Hero, and I'm a big DJ Hero fan. And in the next few years, they'll have Bungie's big game. They will, but, I mean, Guitar Hero, that's just falling to pieces now. I mean, maybe Rock Band 3 will come out, and that won't sell anything either, but it absolutely should do. And I think it will. I think people are responding to the fact that Rock Band's much the better game than Guitar Hero now. Yeah. That it's a game that the developers care about. Well, the one thing EA, I think, are really good at is, like, usurping the king. Yes. Like, uh, dethroning the king. Uh, they'll come along and they'll they'll have uh, you know they'll they'll take a look at the game which leads the genre in golf games links football football games Pez. pro evo yeah. um, uh, you know even Call of Duty Medal of Honor okay we'll come back to that one in a second because at the moment it's no position no. to dethrone anything but um, they'll they'll take 
they'll see a game which is great and they're doing trying it with yeah. MMA as well. They'll they see a game Resi and Dead Space. Skate. I mean, this is they'll, they'll, they'll take a, they'll take a game which is the unquestionable king, We're unstoppable, been selling yeah. perfectly for years. Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk, you name it. And then they'll come along and then they'll have a, they'll have a crack at it themselves. Mm. And usually, skate aside, the first go not so great. Second go, maybe not so great, but if I only get to the third or the fourth yeah. revision, they are the king. They're the should, boss. It should be worth saying Rock Band's slightly different because Rock Band is actually from the people who kind of created the console crazy in the first place. a huge head start. It was the people who made Guitar Hero 1 and 2 and that Rock Band straight away from day one was always great because it was harmonics behind it. But you're dead right. I mean, and it's not just that they then become the best, but they maintain that position as well. Yeah. Like Pez still has yet to come close to f- beating FIFA. I think, in terms of Dead Space 2 when that comes out next Back year. Back in the 90s, the biggest golf game incredible. in the world was Lynx. I mean, Lynx was unstoppable. There were other contenders, but Lynx was absolutely unstoppable. But it was the PEA and PGA Tour games were always sort of coming in mm. second. But what did EA do to beat them? They bought the best competitor <laughs> that Lynx had and set them to work on the Tiger Woods games. Yeah. Then they slowly wore it down with better licensing. And then eventually, what they, the game they're making now is... It borrows so many ideas yeah. from links. They're basically making links, and they're doing it almost, arguably, with the online features better. Yeah. For me, I think Links 2004 is still the best goal game. Tiger ever. Woods Online is just Tiger insane. Woods Online stuff is just devastating. And, uh, they and did stuff like NHL, like NHL with the skill stick. Yeah, and for so Brilliant. long, two Ks, um, and so of course before that, Sega's uh, sports games were better. Yeah. I mean, for so long. The, the, <laughs> and then they gradually wear it down. They're just they're just so good at this, and I have no doubt. That with, with Activision losing so much of Infinity Ward, and EA investing so much in Medal of Honor that in a few years, Medal of Honor will be the game to beat. I mean, yeah. EA have already beaten Modern Warfare on multiplayer. Bad Company Two is the better multiplayer game, and make no mistake, they did they release that game to compete with it. Uh, and you know, give it a couple of years, and I mean, we already know they're staffing up for a. a a war game yes. in their Canadian studio, which means it won't be the, the next developers of Medal of Honor probably won't be the last developers of Medal of Honor. Which are EALA, I think. EALA, LA, they were renamed Danger Close. Yeah, and so there's a staffing up in one of their Canadian studios right now for a war game. So, the, you know, don't count EA out, you know, don't count the next Medal of Honor out. No. It's this, these guys, they're in it to win it. They, can't, they come along and they, they just beat people. I fully believe Dead Space is the new Resi. I really genuinely do. Um, I, uh, It's weird. Like I, I've heard the argument from the other side of the coin, like people who are, say, on the losing side of these battles, complaining, complaining that, yeah, you wade in, they chuck cash at the problem and just like roll over everybody else with advertising and with um, licensing. And, that's you know, the way, that's the way, exactly what they did yeah, with the, the way, golf games. Yeah, the way you explain it, like they buy at the studios and they get them to work on these, it sounds pretty mercenary. Well, you know what? It ends up in the best games, and the winners are undoubtedly the consumers. Yeah. Like we get nobody the best wants to see a world a where EA are like the only company making no, games, but they're the only company making AAA games. As, almost as long non-stop. as yeah, as long as there's there's plenty of competition. It, what I'd like to see is like. The, the, the EA sports games were, you know, at their best when they had that competition, when they were in a constant fight. Yeah. And Pez is so good for FIFA. 
FIFA makes PES stronger and PES makes FIFA stronger. What I would hate to see is a world where it's just yeah. one or the other. You want and to see Medal of Honor got with Call of Duty of course. going after each and, other every and bad, year. And Bad Company, we want to see those, just that fight. Because yeah. the biggest problem is when you've got the market all to yourself. Look at Tiger Woods. That game is a mess now. Mm. It's been the same game for the last three years. The only thing they've tweaked is the putting. And yeah, it's got a great putting system now, but they've run out of ideas. They don't know where to go from here. It needs that rival golf game like John Daly's pro golf well, not exactly like John <laughs> Daly's pro golf it needs a, a competition it needs competition which is as good as like you mm. know Lynx it needs the best to take them on and just say you know push them really push them yeah. and like EA respond well to being pushed I think every developer does mm-hmm. every publisher does uh, we need more of that we need more competition and I'll be excited when I see Resident Evil 6 I'll be interested to oh, see what, they, what lessons they you take know, from the West you know what we were talking about this in the office a couple of weeks ago and we were trying to identify a couple of other studios who may not necessarily just compete with EA but just step up their game and I mean Mike you think Namco Bandai are really improving like rapidly yeah um, they still they still I think they really, really struggle to pick hits I don't yeah. think they understand what makes a hit no I mean we're not saying that either of these two publishers we're going to be talking about are EA or Activision no. on that kind of level but they're making the right steps. And, and I, I, I mean, the top three are unquestionably for, EA, Activision, Ubisoft. Yeah. But I would put forward an argument for THQ moving well, in THQ that direction. THQ are serious. I mean, Danny Bilson's talking serious business Yeah, now. they are investing in the right places. They're getting the right studios. They're working on the right projects. And this week I'm they excited. announced their brand new studio, a brand new Tor- um, Montreal-based studio, yep. taking advantage of the kickbacks they get in Toronto, which we should have in the UK, by the way. <laughs> but we're not. You know. In Montreal, sorry, which we should have in the UK, but we're not getting. Um... And it's uh, Patrice Desolet. Led by the man behind Assassin's Creed 2. And, well, the first Assassin's, Assassin's Creed 2, and Prince Persia Sounds of Time. Do not forget that one. I think yeah. they're probably the most impressive of and the And he's going to be leading up a new IP at the studio and basically uh, overseeing the whole studio's output. There's a, yeah. They're working on a game which is from THQ's existing catalogue. Mm-hmm. There's only one game from uh, with the licence they've already got, and there's going to be one game which is brand new, and that's going to be Patrice's game. Yeah. I think, I mean, everything, all the noises coming from THQ just have me really excited. I yeah. genuinely think, like, from what I've seen of Homefront, it's a bit of an unfortunate time to do this podcast because next Monday we're sitting down for almost a couple of hours with Homefront to play it, um, to play the single player, but I've played the multiplayer so far. Yeah, it's good. I some good ideas. that multiplayer. Yeah. I really do. I, but you I'm not going to say... I keep telling you to play Battlefield. I do, I do. I play Battlefield. Okay. And I... I, I really dig Battlefield. I love Battlefield. I think Battlefield probably is the better multiplayer game than the Homefront, but I think Homefront is a worthy alternative. It's loaded with good ideas, man. I think yeah. there's a lot of ideas that Dice would do well to copy for their next Battlefield. You're spot on. I mean, there's some things that Homefront's doing which just like yes, every game should do this. It, like, so let's tell people it's a, it's a cool point system, right? As the yep. game, as the battle goes on, the way they escalate the battle is everyone's earning points. It's yeah, a, it's I like think they like call battle points. It's like a ticker essentially. You can yeah. you can speed up the ticker by getting lots of kills. And doing yeah, well so headshots you get always going to be earning points yeah if you capture objectives you get points if you defend those objectives you do if po- you help your teammates points. you get points it's much yeah. like battlefield and it rewards you for being a good teammate mm-hmm. not for just being a killer exactly and as you go on you can spend these points so at any yes. time you can say you can, if you say if you see a helicopter in the sky you can be like well i'm an infantryman i don't have the tools to deal yeah. with that but in this game you do instead of having to like die and respawn as a guy who's got a rocket launcher you spend points on a rocket launcher yeah. so and it just pops up in your hand precisely what i'll do I'll, I'll just rewind very quickly before you go into a match you can either pick your class or you can like set one up 
and you know customize your options but you have on the d-pad you have three options i can't remember if it's up right or down or however it is you've got three choices and in there there you can slot like rocket launcher uh tank drone little mini helicopter recon drone or something and extra ammo or whatever that's all we had to play with but by the time the game comes out there'll be loads i mean they're they're like this game's perks yeah oh exactly so you're in the game and then rocket launcher costs it it doesn't cost this but say it did it costs 500 battle points whatever so you hit up on the d-pad bang it's in your hand there and then you can that helicopter that's coming towards you you can target it and take it straight down yeah uh, say that you're of course because you're spending points on it you can't just spend them willy-nilly if you buy if no. you buy yourself a tank then you're going to be out of pocket for the rest of the exactly. game exactly so you start off with no points everyone starts off zero points or very few points and there are no vehicles in the game there are vehicles eventually but it's just what you have to buy them like when you die you can choose to spawn and that, in a tank and that's or in a how helicopter. they escalate the battle because yeah. at the start no one's got any points no, so but by the end everyone's been killing they're rich they can then finally buy this gear and then when you die you can choose to spawn like in your mate's helicopter so yeah. if he's just born uh, if he's just bought a chopper and you die you can jump straight in there it's a nice way of escalating and the game for sure yeah it's beautiful so it starts off you know just on foot running about with a machine gun by the end you've got man there's jets flying overhead dropping airstrikes and people in choppers and tanks and you know what i still enjoy just jumping in on foot and hiding in a little corner yeah and popping people in the head but and that's the trick still making sure that infantryman's got a job to do you and know? he absolutely does and that's what bad company does so well you know no and, and home front as well now yeah. so um so yeah, it's it's very. Exciting. I worry about Home Front because they're they're throwing up against Crisis Two next year. Yeah, and you're, throwing, you're throwing against, up against EA's marketing spend on two massive shooters. It's going to be interesting, but so they've got Home Front, but they've got other things as well. They've got UFC, obviously, which yeah. is a really really. Which renewed until 2018 now. That's a long time. That's a long time. Um, they've obviously got the WWE games. I hope that they improve the SmackDown. Versus oh, Raw. You, so you've been playing SmackDown. Um, uh, yeah, have you noticed, by the way, how our po- how our, um, our little podcast here is really flying real nicely, and we can jump from one topic to another without, is, without the boss nice. man here yeah. r- ruining things with his crap puns. Yeah, without his like threat of the stick that he waves yeah. over us. Yes, you've been playing a uh, new SmackDown, haven't you? I've been playing it a lot. What a friggin' joke that game is! I <laughs> um. Uh, Tell people what you told me about the the match you were having the other day, where the referee just wouldn't count. Well. I'll start off by saying most of the game, most of the matches I've had are great. Okay, it doesn't look like much, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's the most feature-packed SmackDown versus Raw game to date. Yeah, I really, I'm digging it. I, I really it's like, like no that. denying it's the best SmackDown versus Raw, right? No, yeah. and, and again, I've got this. This is a, it's got it's got Tiger Woods syndrome. It it's the best game of its type on shelves, but it's, it's the, the only game yeah. of its type on shelves. Um, it has problems, uh, none more so than the Road to WrestleMania um, uh, campaign mode, which is shoddy, uh, to say the least. It, there's this awful run around backstage part, which takes up half of it. And it's really, yeah. really awkward like dimensions. You're like a tiny man in this giant building. And it's just, no, no, just, just back to the drawing board, guys. Start it again. Uh, awful storylines as part of that as well. Um but some of the matches, they have to go in a certain way. And if you don't play to that way, then it all falls apart. So, for example, I was fighting Evan Bourne. I was Rey Mysterio. I turned Hill, actually. I was fighting Evan Bourne. And I was in a match where I hit 12 finishes on him and he would not get pinned. Uh, and 
So I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? What is again? Again, doesn't tell me anything. Before the match started, it was like, oh, um, I was chatting to Jack Swaggon. He was like, oh, I'll, I'll come help you out. I'll make sure he doesn't win. So I'm like, brilliant, cheers. 12 finishes later, he wasn't appearing. So I was like, sod this. Grabs a chair, hits Evan Bourne. DQ, no, you failed. This is an important match. You've got to start again. Fine, bloody hell. So start again. I, I leave the pad untouched, get beat up, get pinned, fail, start again. So start again. So I'm going along. I thought, you know what? I'll hit a few finishes on him and then I'll let him beat me up a bit. So I did that. And eventually he made me bleed, at which point Jack Swagger ran, ran in, hit him, got disqualified, got me disqualified. Evan wins with a DQ, which is exactly what happened the first match. But this time the match accepts the result and carries on. There was, and there was one more, which I was telling you about, where I was also Rey Mysterio and I was pinning someone. Honestly, I think I was pinning him for 45 seconds before the ref got the three count because there were two other people in the ring, not interfering with us, but just scrapping with each other. And when they were doing a move on each other, the ref couldn't count. When there was, like, walking around, the ref couldn't count. But when, like, one was dragging the other person, he could count. Okay. So basically... And they weren't touching the ref. It was just their state... Uh, governed whether the, the ref thought they were interfering or not. So the ref was getting down on the floor, going, one, and then standing up, and then getting yeah. down, going, one, and then standing up. And it would ha- happen time and time again. And the amount of times I was pinning someone, and their partner would like get on the ropes and gr- drag the ref over, and they'd have a little argument, and the ref would say, get out, you know, you're banned from ringside. That always happens in WWE. And what happens, the ref then turns around, one, two, and then there's a kick out. It's like, oh, no, you won it, but... You know, he was gypped out of the win. No, so what happens? That goes on for 30 seconds. Ref turns around and does a three count. Yeah. <laughs> so what What kind of game is this? Don't you watch the show? Yeah. Uh, honestly. So there are problems with it. And I'm really looking forward to when they finally update it. Because, my man alive, they need to update that game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I just It's I, still got stuff about ECW in as well, which they scrapped at the start of the year and replaced with Nexus. Sorry, with NXT, I should say, which is now on its third season, and there's no NXT stuff in the game. Is NXT has had three seasons in one year? Yeah, it's like a three-month season or something. It's a bit like the Ultimate Fighter, the uh, UFC's reality show. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it started. It wasn't that long ago, but they, they've definitely been banging out like two, se- two or three seasons a year. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no mention of that. So it's out of date, as every SmackDown has always been. For example, um, in my Road to WrestleMania match, I was playing... Last night, uh, there was a mystery partner who jumped in. So I was like, oh, great. Who's this going to be? Oh, it's only Rob Van Dam, as in former TNA heavyweight champion of the world, Rob Van Dam, who works for the rival. In fact, he's one of the main characters in the rival company to WWE. Oh, it's Rob Van Dam. Brilliant. Oh, that's that guy. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know what to do with that game, apart from start from scratch. But we think we even said this on the last podcast. When you start from scratch, man... You've got a lot of work to do because it, it, no matter what happens, the next WWE game will so have less stuff yeah. in it than the current one. And then you're just like, oh. I think what, I mean, what you dream of is like the chance for a new console, new standards, you know? Absolutely. Like when the 360 launched, the first generation of Xbox games were duff. Yeah. Like the first generation of Xbox 360 games were seriously duff because everyone's standards shifted and nobody really knew what to expect. So everyone sort of got away with producing tripe yeah. for a long time. Games like Far Cry instincts predator which was well reviewed because it was so early in the generation porting gun over from the xbox and not really changing most wanted and so on you know 
the uh, was it the black edition? Oh, I can't was remember that? that. I don't know. No carbon edition, but that was Need for Speed. That carbon. was the n- oh carbon. Yeah, yeah, Need for Speed carbon. Duh. <laughs> I've been writing about Need for Speed this morning, so I'm, I'm I'm making myself sort of familiar. Fair enough. It's um, it. Well, I mean, I guess that's what they were hoping for, but that next console isn't happening for another three years or so now. I know. Not with a, a not with a five hundred million dollar spend on Kinect's no. marketing. But just to finish up the point I was originally making is that despite the fact that SmackDown versus Raw maybe isn't doing what it once did, THQ have a rosy future. I mean, Saints Row is going to yeah. be incoming. They've obviously got the, the next new... Saints Row. They're seriously investing in as well, and they're really investing in Red Faction. Yeah, again, Red Faction, which of course is going to have the tie-in movie and everything on yeah. American TV. And I'm just, I just think THQ have positioned themselves in a very smart. In very smart ways, I think that that they've got. Well, a when good I went future. to E3 this year for the first time, it really felt like, you know, THQ are a genuinely dangerous player. Yeah, I mean, let's and let's let's be honest. Like two years ago, they were definitely a second, third. Mate, rate if you look back at them when they were making SNES games, they were a company which would buy like the license to the Home Improvement TV show. No, but even and on Home Alone and stuff, they would churn out some shat like Juiced Two and things. Yeah. Like they they weren't. They were nowhere near competing with the. Well, I the think big boys every major industry. publisher now realizes there's no room for second best anymore. No. You've got to be triple A, and I hate that phrase triple A, but you've got to, uh, you got. Otherwise, you're going to end up like. Look midway. at the guys at Namco Bandai, and I think that they struggle because they don't really. They're quite, quite bad at picking a hit, but like Enslaved, I think they thought was going to be like the biggest thing, and you're like, well, I can. I know, it was always going to be do well, but it was never going to be like yeah. enormous. But then you you look at the quality of stuff they got coming out. You got Test Drive Limited two. Which I played for, a, I played the first five hours of the other day, and it was really impressive. And we'll talk about it in the future because I can't talk about it now. Uh, you got a new Ace Combat. These are like yeah, seriously, seriously Witcher solid two. games. Witcher Two, Witcher two which looks like it'll be PC only at this point, but these are really solid games. You know, they're, they're investing in quality. I think that's the trick when developers go around saying this is going to be a hit, this is going to be a hit, this is going to be a hit. try and be hit makers. It never works out. No. I mean, EA when Ricky Tiello took over EA again, he was like. Oh, you know, Dead Space and Mirror's Edge. These games are going to be big hits. Well, neither of them were. No. Neither of them were. Dead Space was much better, so obviously it did much better. Than yeah, than it was Mirror's a good Edge. foundation for, like, a, a very successful ongoing mm. thing. But when you try and, like, make it, you know, defy, create a single game, you say, this is going to be a hit. It never works out. But when you focus on quality, yeah. when you say, you know what, this game is just going to be a great game. Gamers can smell that, man. They know it. They, people, can smell, people can smell bullshit. They know. Mm. They know from a mile away. They can look at the back of the box and say when a game's crap. And yet a lot of games fall through the cracks. Games like Bayonetta. Literally, games do not get better than Bayonetta. (laughs) And it slips through the cracks just because it's kind of a niche appeal sort of game. But if you can pick a topic that people really dig, about cars driving around Ibiza, how about planes flying around? It's like modern warfare. It's really vicious and nasty and the fights are really visceral. Well, if you can tap into something there, you're set up, you know? Absolutely. And maybe that game sells a million copies. Maybe the next game sells five million. Maybe like, like, maybe you build your hits down the line. And I think everyone's trying to build a foundation for that right now. I mean, mm. that's nothing if they're not what THQ's new Montreal studio is about. No. Building that foundation. And that means it's the perfect time for the UK industry to be the, the base where all great industry ideas start. You know, we could be, we could be huge if only we had to take those tax we breaks. We could, but... Yeah, with without those breaks, I can't see it happening. Yeah, obviously the biggest thing coming from from UK right now, and will be for foreseeable future, is um, is Batman. Yeah, I mean Batman. Arkham City. Batman's the 
the basically the biggest brand in Australia. Say it not is going to be Modern Warfare the new Call, Call of Duty. Of Duty. I really do think it's going to be the new game that everyone just goes. Especially to. with Warner Brothers back in. I mean, the thing is, you got to look at Warner Brothers and think they weren't even a games publisher a couple of years no. ago. You know, I they, remember when they first came around as publishing, they had that crappy Looney Tunes Acme Arsenal, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, and it was just like. God, they've on, always guys. been knocking around the games industry in one form or another but they were never serious about it and I think mm. they realised that you know what movies ain't going to make as much money as they used to in, the, in this brave new world mm. we need to invest in yeah in so games. it's interesting to see how they do I mean obviously Batman's the big one apart from that they've not really got they've got Fear 3 but yeah Mortal Kombat's hot though the oh, new Mortal Kombat man looks alright that game's going to be fun uh, I like Mortal Kombat I mean I, I like fighting games I'm not a great fighting seems, gamer, but that I'm seems good at like it should games. be at it, odds with it, each other, liking Mortal Kombat and liking fighting yeah, games. Yeah, it should be contrary to one another. But at the same time, I understand what the guys want from Mortal Kombat. I understand what Ed Boon wants from Mortal Kombat. He's not trying to make uh, you know a fighter that's no. as sophisticated as Virtual Fighter Five or anything. He's not trying to do that. He's trying to make something you can have a real good laugh with with your friends, you know. And if if it's capable, if it's possible to play at a tournament, then so much the better. And he's on about making it like a more sophisticated this year. Maybe he will be aiming towards doing. You know, getting it into tournaments and so on. But it isn't as complicated as Blaze Blue. It isn't Virtua Fighter 5. What it will be is bloody and stupid and over the top and fun. And oh god, Johnny Cage just punched that guy's bollocks off. Like that's that's all right. That's that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Warner Brothers uh, have a small lineup at the moment, but they watch those guys ramp up their ramp up their business next few months. In a couple of years, they'll be dishing out loads of games, left, right, and centre. They'll be publishing konami are, are, are seriously thinking it like it looks like they're trying to take it back castlevania as well. i mean that's from out of nowhere almost. yeah and mgs yeah. rising is going to be huge obviously anything with yeah. metal gear on the box is going to be huge they're working on pez pez is a weird one because i swear the preview code was better than the final code i swear they they got the preview code and it was it was work in progress but you could see that there's a good football game there and then it came to crunch time and whoever it was who made the decision looked at it and was like <coughs> not Pez enough. Make it more Pez. Yeah. And it went back to old Pez. And I really didn't enjoy retail code. Well, but I, that preview code, I had fun with it. If anyone, I would say, I mean, I know you're saying THQ is going to be the next heavy hitter, but if, if I think if anyone is going to be the next big studio, and arguably they already are the big studio, it's going to be Square. Because Square already had, like, a lot of great Japanese licenses. I mean, mostly RPGs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they were savvy enough. Their Japanese management were savvy enough. And this is something I think Konami and Capcom are really struggling with right now, you know, making games that appeal to the West. Yeah. Uh, and, and Capcom are trying by and outsourcing. Both studios are doing their, they're taking big names and like outsourcing it to Western studios and taking a gamble in some cases. I mean, Konami gambling on Mercury Steam after Jericho. That's amazing. Gambling on uh, Blue Castle. off as well. Yeah, but gambling on Blue Castle games to make Dead Rising 2. I mean, these are big gambles and they paid off. And of course, sometimes they don't when you've got Grin doing Bionic Commando. Dark Void, but Square did one better. They just bought an entire publisher. Yeah, they just said, you know what, Lara Croft, Deus Ex, Thief, we want, we want a piece of that action. They just bought the entire company. Yeah, De- I mean, Deus it's like Victor Kiam. Let's, let's let's quickly look at Square. I mean, Deus Ex, that's some hot stuff. Like yeah. next year, Deus Ex will be, and at the end of last year, when we're talking about games of the year. I, even at this point, I think it's going to be pretty safe bet. The Deus Ex is going to yeah, be Yeah, that's very exciting. They've, they've obviously, they haven't announced it. We haven't heard anything, so don't take this as us confirming. But we know it's coming. Hitman. 
Hitman will happen. Oh, Hitman will eventually happen. Given how much time they put into it, I can't see it being anything less than extraordinary. I really can't. There will be another Tomb Raider game. They've already said so much. Yeah, that's coming again. Like they're talking about a reboot. I think that could be doing serious business, which is good when you've got things like Final Fantasy fourteen getting thirty percent in PC Gamer. Oh, FF fourteen's duff. Awful. I mean, really? thirteen was bad. Yeah, but fourteen. I mean, the very fact that it's an MMO straight away, you know, it's going to be bad because eleven was terrible. And a lot of people found re- like reasons to love it though. Oh, Compared to the market, yeah, that really wasn't that yeah. good. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, I mean, 14 just looks atrocious. I haven't played it myself, but from what I've seen and what I've read, it just looks atrocious. Uh, we, we do, we're quite familiar with people who do play it, people we trust, and they have nothing good to say about the game. So I think you're right, it was a very smart move to buy up these studios who have established brands, ongoing brands. It amazes that, me that Warner Bros. didn't buy them up. But of course what Warner Bros. did was buy Midway. Well, not Midway. They bought off the bits of, of Midway yeah. they wanted, which was so savvy of them. I mean, Midway were in dire straits for a long time and when they went down, they kind of essentially liquidated and all these different, all these different bits, all the bits which were worth something, were virtually all of them were snapped up by Warner yeah. Bros. As, uh, along with This Is Vegas for some strange reason. A game which is, uh, we dead. believe at this point, dead and the biggest waste of money in video games history. We yeah. believe it's like a $50 million game and it will never be published. If that's the case, what a, I feel bad for the guys working on it. Can you, you can imagine. Jesus, you want to put all that work in and down the shitter it goes. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Shall we wrap up? Maybe. Have you noticed that our entire podcast has been one long preview for the issue? About the issue. Yeah. What have you, we always start off with what, what have you been playing? So should we start off, Mike, with what have you been playing? I'm playing Alan Wake. Oh, you've been playing the DLC. Yeah, I've been playing you? the DLC. I've yet I, to get around. I to think it, it's but... rubbish, but I really enjoyed it. I think it's both both chapters of the DLC were a bit daft. I think I said daft like three times this podcast. They're a bit weak. They were um, particularly the second one. The first one was okay. I've got to admit, I really I've only played the signal. I've done the, not done the right. The second yet, one kicks enjoyed... off with a good shootout, inspi- okay. kind of inspired by the stage shootout from okay. chapter yeah, yeah, five, from is it? But um, it, it, Alan Wake pulls this trick on me, and I always fall for it. You play the game, and it tells its... I don't think it's a particularly well-written game, but I think it is a good story. And they do this... And then the episodic thing works so well for it. Very. You get to the end of an ap- a chapter, and it ends with a big climactic moment, and then you get this brilliant bit of music. And they All of pick, those songs are they, spot They've on. picked every track so well in that game. And it's Depeche Mode for... Uh, well, I won't tell you which track okay. for uh, for the writer, is it? Yes. Yeah, because first one's the signal. So it's not the stereophonics, no. Mr. Writer. No, it's uh, it's and it's uh, again a perfectly chosen okay. track, dark and sinister and bleak and brilliant. And the problem I think with the DLC is they were sort of torn between wanting to cater to people who love the game, but not wanting to leave out anyone who's going to skip the God, DLC and just jump straight to the sequel. Got to make sure that, and no matter how much of it you played. You're always at the same point. Yeah, so Alan Wake, after two DLC chapters, is about you know an hour and a half of gameplay. You're lo- essentially looking at Alan being exactly the same place he was in at the end of Alan Wake. He's just a little bit more lucid. And like they, they, this is a story which didn't need telling. You could have just begun Alan Wake 2 with him exactly in the same place. Fair and of course we believe that's actually going ahead now. Looks because like Remedy have started staffing up again. Yeah, looks like it. Staffing up for a 360 exclusive game. It's what I, I was really hoping for. Obviously, I'm sure many of you read my review. I was really big into the game. Um, 
but one which you know concluded by saying Alan Wake 2 is going to be special. This wasn't as much as we'd hoped. Mm. Alan Wake 2 really could be. Hopefully a turnaround time will be faster. Uh, well, I, 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 mean, I liked Alan Wake. I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as you did. I did like it. I mean, it's essentially the same shootout over and over again. And the only way it really creates tension is by having things spawn behind you. But I, what I like is how well presented the game is and what a nice world it is to be a part of. Absolutely. You go into that place, and particularly in the DLC, where they really mess with the world. They turn things upside down. It's like a whole part where you're inside a house which starts rolling. And you're like... This is good, man. This is That's this good. is. I haven't seen this before. I really liked it in the first piece of DLC when you come out to that field and there are words everywhere, but most of them are bad words. Yeah. So if you accidentally like throw a flare, no, set off a flare. <clears throat> oh dear, my voice is gone. Or uh, throw get, a flash. Get, get that dick out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I move it to one side, <laughs> and you and you highlight the wrong word, then obviously. You're gonna bring about five more taken yeah, into the world yeah. or some crows. Yeah, so. or if you've shown it on like one of the boom wars, it'll, it'll uh, spawn it'll loads happen, there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes, uh, I'd like I I I dug Alan. I dug being a part of the world. And I dug the st- the story being told to me, and I dug reaching the end of each chapter and having this moment where you're like, oh, what happens next? And you get a great get mm-hmm. great great piece of music to play you out. Yeah. It, I, more games need to be presented that way and nice. So you. But this is a nerdy thing to say, but back in the day, Stan Lee said the secret to writing a good comic was you at the bottom of every page, you have a cliffhanger. So you get to the bottom of the page, you've got a reason to turn that next page. Okay. And games don't do that enough. Like, if you give me a, a point at which is the logical end point to a, a chapter or a level, but make it so I can't resist hitting start to jump into the next level, even when it's two in the morning, you're doing something good. Yeah. And Alan Wake does that without a great game. It doesn't have like an absolutely killer game. You don't think I gotta go back and shoot more of those things. Mm. I had so much fun shooting those things. You gotta go back. back you, and I gotta go back and see more. I, whatever, I, yeah. I, yeah, I need to. You, you said you just like I just want to see more. I want to see what happens next. I want to see what music they play. I want to see what smoke they they shine a light through. I mean that's what the game is, right? It's smoke and light. <laughs> oh, totally. And brilliant lighting though. Yeah, and it's a game which looks unlike any other game. I really wish they'd done a PC version because there's a bit of screen tearing in the 360 one, which I do not stand yeah. for. Well, uh, so you've been playing that. I've been playing a few things. Final Fantasy IX on my PSP, I'll pick back up. Um, I'm just now, I'm not thinking about why I have been playing it. I'm just looking forward to playing New Vegas. I think we should do <laughs> something. I think in two weeks' time when we're back for a podcast, we should just Glitch come diary. armed yeah. with Glitch Diaries, yeah. with stories of New Vegas, we'll do how it. New Vegas fell apart for us. Yeah, did how how did it end, how did it end? We'll have us? A, yeah, we'll have a bug did, off. Did we manage to uh, even make it to the end of the game? This this is exciting. I I, I like this. Yeah, okay, already. so stay tuned. Come back next. Uh, come back in two weeks for the first annual Xbox World bug off. There you go. That's a uh, that's a good cliffhanger to end on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've got some questions. <laughs> oh no, oh, no. So we can't end it on, on that high because um, we could have played someone out with a bit of Depeche Mode. It would have been hot. Uh, I don't know if we've got licensing to stick it on the end. We we need to change that. But we think we open with because I hate that. It's stuck. Sorry, Mike. We, 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 what, I don't know where it came from. Why can't we play ourselves in with like a little bit of uh, game music or something? From whatever big game we're going to talk about on that podcast. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll maybe see. it doesn't make it through to the DVD copy. Allowed, but yeah. well, we can't do it on the DVD copy. But I think we can actually use it when it's public domain on the internet. Maybe. Jewel Million. He wants to know, with Medal of Honor not living up to Call of Duty 4 standards and no game coming close with the single-player slash multiplayer aspect, when will devs stop trying to copy the modern warfare setting that Cod of War... Uh, that Cod of War. Cod of Cod- War? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez <Cod>. Louise. <laughs> that Call of Duty 4 came up with 
and instead go with a new setting when it stops selling yeah and yeah. they'll always be doing it and, and I mean, what, 1.5 million? Hey, it used to be World days? War Two, right? You see World War Two, yeah. and, and everyone wanted to make a World War Two game. When Treyarch, who are probably going to be leading Call of Duty from now on, say, you know what, we want to make the next Call of Duty game in space, Activision are going to go, no, God, no, you can't do that, and they're going to have massive opposition. Maybe they managed to get away with it. Yeah. And if that game sells, from then on, everyone's going to be making space well, games. I mean, this Call of Duty is in Vietnam, right? Yeah. So we're going to be seeing more of those, make no mistake. Well, you've got Scott, a uh, bad company too in Vietnam as well. But um, what, was it 1.5 million in four or five days for Medal of Honor? That proves that modern settings work. Yeah. For now. But I mean, like I say, for World War II was working just fine yeah. a few years ago. And now you couldn't sell a World War II game if you like no, to depend on it. No, but there were, for the last couple of years, people were saying, we're sick of World War II games. Eventually that'll happen. With, give it another two years. Yeah. That'll happen with a modern setting. And then it'll be back to the drawing board. Yeah. And then where do, where do you go from there? Cop I wants to know, is Mr. Loggerman more regular than our podcasts often? Yeah. he's a, That guy's a, a daily bum assassinator. <laughs> Uh, he also wants to know, uh, we might have to be careful with this response, but oh. do developers slash publishers get ratty with you when you give their games bad reviews? And if so, what's the worst they've done? Death threats, turds in the post. Um, oh. I don't want to say too much. All I want to say is most of most of grown-ups about it. We work, thankfully, with a very switched-on bunch of people who understand. I mean, a lot of them used to be journalists themselves and they play games, so they know if they've got a good game or if they haven't. I think when they put it in your hands, they know what to expect. Is when you sort of define their expectations, they get a little bit upset. Yeah. But even then, most don't ever take it out on you in any way. No. There have been a couple of instances. Obviously, there are going to be no names mentioned. There have been a couple of instances in the past where people have been upset, I would say. But... I mean, what can you do? You 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 explain what you, it's certainly uh, never expected. Affected the scores you've been giving out or anything. No. I mean, every now and again you will be like, "Oh God, I'm going to get some shit for this," and you know it, but you still put the score down. And to be honest, the, when you say I'm going to get for some shit for this, what what we really mean is some PR guy's going to phone up and go, "Hey, well, hey, Mike, what score did they get?" And you say it, and they You're go, "Oh, down. yeah, shit, well, all right." And then they hang up and they're gone. I mean, that's. Or you, you, know, you send them a copy of your magazine, and they, they in their office they they curse at your magazine, yeah. and throw some swears around. If they ever don't like it, you just like say, look, this, this, this. That that's the reason why. I'm sorry. Hopefully, it'll be a better game next time, and yeah. and you move on. And that's the thing. I mean, publishers yeah, well, have so I, many games that you need to. The only time you ever really get a problem is when the um, the publishers are uh, honestly they're being children about it, and they're they they're because the very worst thing they can do from a PR standpoint. It's make take a stand against you. Look at what Sony did with Kotaku a few years ago, when Kotaku reported on a story they didn't want Sony didn't want them to report on. And Sony were like, "Fine, you're blacklisted. You're not getting any more from us." Well, that's okay. They ran that story. Yeah. That, that's an even better story to run. Absolutely. And like, no, no big publisher wants that. So no, you don't get them punishing us. What you get is occasionally you have to disappoint very nice people, and nobody wants to do that. But again, we're, there's one of them. Yeah. There's a few hundred thousand people reading the actual stuff we're writing. So, who do we owe a bigger duty to? Yeah, and that, hey, that question answers itself. It, it's only not so. No, I won't say that name. But say there's a publisher who comes out with a bad game, we have to kick his face off. You know, unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. But when they come out with a good game, it makes them feel good. It makes them know that yes, this game is special because we've said so. Like if, if we gave every game eighty five percent, you'd never know what was good and what wasn't. And uh, neither would the PRs. Yeah, but they'd love it though. Oh they would love it. They that. would love it. They would come up they'd love it even we more. We would be the, I mean we would get so many exclusives. They'd be like, <laughs> Hey Mike, do you want an uh, exclusive review on Halo Four? Like, I don't even know you're making Halo Four. Yeah, exclusive review. 
Do you think that's why we don't get as many as we as some of our well, other? Because we're because we're, we're, we're they hate us because we're harsher than most. Uh, yeah. According to Metacritic, we are the har- second harshest mag. I think. Really? Yeah, I think that was the case. Who beats us? I think it was Edge. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, we're we're pretty we're pretty brutal. I think, and I think that's that's not because we're reviewing them from a different set of standards. It's because we're more realistic about what those standards are. I think it got back to the halfway point in this generation. And we realised it's no good judging games by the same standard we judge games from the first no. half of this generation. Because what was good in the first half, it's just a, it's a five out of ten in this. When I mean, we talk about the launch games earlier, right? I mean, any of the, those launch games would uh, any P- of them get PG, over sixty percent? PGR three was hot on day one. Now that game, you compare that to Forza three, it's like yeah. there's no game there. Half of those games would be sub fifty by today's standards, without a doubt. Yeah, like, talk about even with Far a few exceptions, Cry, yeah. But. Yeah, it's like we. I think we adjusted our standards, and I'm not going to speak for the rest of the industry, but I'm not sure if other people did, and certainly not to the same extent. No. And of course, we've got issue 100 coming up soon. Keep your eyes peeled for that, which is a big chance to, because the issue you're going to be buying on Tuesday, hopefully, please buy it, is going to be issue 99. No, it's not. It's 98. Is it 98? We're writing 99 now. We are writing. Okay, so, all right. Ignore what I just said. It's going to be issue 98. Oh, that's exciting as well. It's very exciting. That yeah. For issue 100. In Get December, about right? that. Look, yeah. So not 21st. only is it the Christmas issue, right? Not only is it the Christmas issue. Not only is it basically the biggest issue we've ever done. Speaking of big, I've got something to say about our new issue as well. And not only is it ran with possibly the best feature we've ever done. Yeah. People should get excited about that. The best Very. feature we've ever done. It's issue 100. Yeah. Man alive. 100 issues. That's the longest running Xbox magazine. I would argue that we're doing the best feature we've ever done because it's issue 100. Yeah. But we've got other features in there as well yeah. that it's going to be special. Yeah, it's going to be it's, very, it's, it's gonna, very if, special. If you, if you only buy one issue this year, that's the one to buy. But also, but also buy, buy all of the others because they're probably going to be yeah. pretty good too. Finally, Flying Penguin 18 wants to know, have we ever had to take part in any team building exercises? The assault yes. kind of stuff. Yes, I have. I have not. Have you, have you done any training? Uh, pos- did you have to do like a little exercise oh, at the beginning yeah, yeah maybe, there you go what did you have to do maybe. I don't know I think we just had to present something <laughs> yeah so, I think we just had to do a presentation so I, I hate team building exercises I despise them to my core well you have to like build a, a bridge with yeah. straws yeah and, or and, like and glue they give guns. you newspaper they give you like a load of newspaper and they say okay build a bridge which can support up yeah. a certain way I I I can see it gets people talking. I can see why some people need that, but I don't. I'm no. a social person, and I, I'm happy yeah. to talk to people just in chat and have a good time. To get, I don't really need like props. And you're the same. I know that. And Tim's the yeah. same. Like Tim, you could put Tim in a crowd, and that guy will just chat to anyone. You know. Um, I can see why it's useful for some people. I can see why it's a useful exercise. But we did this exercise where I had we had to um, delegate. So we had three groups. We had like builders planners and management and as a member of management i had to delegate a task to the planners who would then delegate it to the guys the builders okay and it was about a communication thing basically we had to communicate it well to them so they could communicate it well to the you guys were management below. right yeah and who did you have to talk to uh, a the bunch planners. of a bunch of, yeah okay. and we had to I, we had to work with a bunch of guys who were at a management we've been assigned the management role okay and of course, none of us were actually managers. As manager, could you say, I take the executive decision to fire all managers, they're not cost effective, 
planners just talk to the builders or could you not become a planner i wish i'd thought of that what i said was why do we even have planners i'm just going to go and tell the builders what to do see that's what i'm thinking yeah. i'm thinking maybe i should so oh, why can, I why can we not just relay the information to them and the the brief said it's uh bill you're building something for the olympics and they described it in a really convoluted way so first you have to work that out yeah. the idea is you get the planners working on working out the convoluted method and it's and it said and the guy who's training us, who's, by the way, brilliant, he's a really nice guy, and he said, you've missed out a piece of information you haven't told the planners. And I was looking at it, and I couldn't see what information we missed out. And he got right to the end of the challenge, and we failed miserably, by the way. But we were all talking and having a good time, it, so that's, that's what it was for. Was this, this was the future. Yeah. Okay, I see. So he got to the end of the thing, and everyone had a good time, because that's the point of the challenge. It's not yeah. really to do the challenge, it's to, have a good, you know, to get people talking. Yeah. And he said, well, you didn't tell the planners what this, the job was, and, or the guys at the floor what the job was worth. And it says on the thing, it's worth a million pounds to your company. And I said, well, what do they care that it's worth a million pounds to the company? They're not going to see a penny of it. That's just, only the management are going to see a lick of that cash. So on a fundamental level, I found many flaws with, uh, with, uh, with training. You must have done some training exercises. Maybe, I, I, nothing like that. Literally, I think we just did some, present i don't know we did we didn't do anything like that i've never done any of the real nightmare ones like where like where it's like a a scene from the office or anything or or, or like one of those challenges where i'm in the woods and i have to take my shirt off and beat my chest or anything (laughs) although that would be hot no do you remember that i know it wasn't team building exercise but it was perhaps personality building exercise do we do you remember when we went to play uh paintball with ubisoft Oh, man. <laughs> just you, me, a few bloggers, yeah. and a few Ubisoft fans, and, uh, and and I made someone cry. Yes, you did. You made someone cry. How cool is that? <laughs> How the hell do I make anybody cry? Yeah, you actually made a man, a grown man, cry. So we went, um, we went paintballing with the guys from Ubisoft because they were they were um, promoting M1. They're like, do you want to go paintballing? We're like, yeah, sure, why not? But when we got there, no, literally nobody had turned up. Not even the Ubisoft PR. Yeah, so it was just <laughs> you, me. Uh, they, they were they were so shorthanded. They put a call out to their forum that morning we're like anybody want to go paintballing so it's a few guys from the blog the forums turned up and we basically had a days of kill which is why we were able to do it and we were there i remember you, we had a meal out and you had like hair in your steak yeah i had a hair on my steak like oh, I, I don't want a hairy steak see that was good team building exercise but it was purely accidental yeah i agree and that's i guess that's the thing it's like I, it's, it's, it's team building exercises the reason I, I'm not objecting them to consider them because I'm a hateful douche or anything it's, it's that organised fun kind of yes. thing you know there's nothing worse than organised fun but this paintball event very quickly descended into disorganised chaos so we're, we're, we're running around this muddy ass field and uh, some guy goes he's wearing white trainers I'll be able to get him and sure enough like having white trainers really singles you out is like because yeah. you can see him from a mile away but that's all I had on me you know some guy was running, was sprinting from cover to cover, and he's. And he, when I say sprinting, I mean sort of. I'm I'm doing the action. I don't want to say the word because the word will make it will make it sound awful. But like a moomin jog. Yeah, like a little moomin jog, and he's doing a little jog from cover to cover. And Matt pot, comes out and he sees this guy, and the guy stops and looks at Matt, and Matt is looking at him. And I was witness to this from afar, and. Matt, because the guns are like um, like a pump action kind of thing. You pump them and you fire. You pump yeah. them and you fire. Or you can just hold the trigger and pump, 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 pump to fire a rapid fire. And Matt just looks at this guy and goes, holds the trigger down and goes, 
for about 10 seconds and it's like Wiley Coyote or something there's just paint and he's and this is the killer he's in front of a white wall the only white wall in the entire area we're fighting because it's like a kind of a junkyard kind of thing with trees growing and there's old sheds and like an old barn helicopter I think yeah like a wrecked up helicopter and they got this this one shed, which has got a massive white wall, and Matt literally draws a line around this guy, and like I'm, I'm big on like guys not crying, you know, and it's like if the, the you know, if you a guy can cry when he's crying for someone he loves or when he loses yeah, someone he loves, absolutely. but never for pain. When if you're in pain, like it, it, a guy can cry with laughter as well. Oh yeah, which sure, sure. Is what I'm doing now, but, and like, I've done many times in the office. Like if if he's in pain, that guy. Man has, up. has got a man up and he's got a go off and he's got a little cry on his own in the corner. Yeah. Don't show it. You can't show that shit, you know? So Matt opens fire and it's like this guy has slapped Matt's mum or something. It's like this guy's <laughs> done something to wrong him. He goes, pum, 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 pum. And the guy wanted go, to be the guy, sure. The guy's going, ah, 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 stop, stop, stop. And the guy literally just drops his gun at this point. I'm like, dude, return <laughs> fire at least. Return fire. Oh, dear. Oh, you're a sadist. You're a sick freak. I want to do it again. Yeah, we should do go paintballing with the team or something. Uh, and on that note, yeah. and on that bombshell. The logical endpoint was about 10 minutes ago when we said, come back next week for the bug thing but i'm going to end it by saying by the way this issue of xbox world 98 is even better value for money because it's got an extended section and of every course. now every other issue now it's not me every other issue but Almost. half of our issues every year now will be even bigger issues yeah so you're gonna get a load of extra content and we've got a little special section plan for you including a look back at one of the best video games ever made have that see you next week no bye. Bye. next week the week after bye bye <laughs>